Good morning, Minecrafters, and welcome to uh, episode 24. Don't try to prove yourself. You know, the need and desire to prove ourselves can feel so natural, right? We get all jazzed up um, about a job, new position, new title, relationship, or whatever. And it's just like we feel this charge inside. Gotta make it happen. Gotta, gotta, gotta show who I am. Gotta prove who I am. And really, this is just yet another opportunity for an ego trap. And, you know, truthfully, and I've, of course, I've experienced it too, lots and lots and lots of times. And honestly, this can be a tough urge to, you know, to quiet down. It can almost feel like it's holding in a sneeze. You know, got to do it, got to do it, got to do it. When really what we're looking for is an opportunity to practice humility. And so this week we're going to stay with Richard Carlson, right? He's the author of uh, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff, right? Which is just so true. As he talks about uh, humility and inner peace going hand in hand. In fact, Rich says that the less compelled you are to try to prove yourself to others, the easier it is to feel peaceful inside. Proving yourself, he says, is a dangerous trap. It takes an enormous amount of energy to be continually pointing out your accomplishments, bragging or trying to convince others of your worth as a human being. And I'm going to guess probably many of you out there, again, I wish I could take a, you know, a, a silent poll, you know, hands up or something if we could possibly do it, have had that experience of meeting someone, not that they're a bad person or they might not even be annoying, they're just in that place of, you know, they're talking, talking, talking. And I know I've had that experience where I'm saying in my head, are you trying to convince me or are you trying to convince yourself? Uh, this is like, this is a common experience. And I think people often aren't, aren't even conscious that they're doing it. You know, they're, they're, they're coming from a place of insecurity, right? Of needing to, you know, outwardly express their need for approval and to kind of showcase their talents and skills and whatever. And it does, it kind of comes off as, as they're not so, they wouldn't have to say all this externally if they really had it going on on the inside, right? You know, on top of this, bragging is just bad news anyway, you know. Bragging, as Rich says, bragging continually dilutes the positive feelings you receive from an accomplishment or something you're proud of. Isn't that so true? I think we've all experienced this at one point or another. I know I definitely have. You know, I'm thinking more younger, but we can all fall into it, where, you know, or we do something really good for somebody, something really nice, and the minute we start to talk about it, it takes away the whole experience, you know, it's better just to, you know, keep that on the DL and kind of just exist in that, in that place of that good feeling without diluting it by making it all external. And the irony here, of course, is the less we try to seek approval of others, the more it kind of just flows naturally, the more approval we actually get. In fact, uh, Rich says that people are drawn to those with a quiet inner confidence People who don't need to make themselves make themselves look good or be right all the time or to steal the glory. And we talked about that last week. People kind of shy away, move away from somebody who has to be right, even if they are. That's the thing. We're not saying that it's an always or nothing situation because, I, as you know, you all know from previous episodes, I don't believe in even using those polarized words because certainly they don't exist in life. And certainly there's a time when we may need to be right, we really may need to be right. But for the most part, even if we are right, you know, it's nine, you know, nine times out of 10, or even more than nine times out of 10, 9.9 times out of 10, it's more important to be kind than right and to just let it go. 
because, you know, the reality is when we're, you know, around that person that needs to kind of steal the glory, as they say, or kind of have that, that center stage all the time, we do tend to shy away from those people. And, you know, people um, in general are attracted to authenticity. You know, it's what we're striving for, whether we realize it or not, right? So people who are further down the authentic path, not having this need to brag, be right, seek all this approval, look at me, look at me, look at me, tell me how good I am kind of thing. We are far more attracted to those who are ahead of us on the path to authenticity, who kind of just, you know, just just roll with the genuine and don't have this need. And also, this little psychology fun fact, that the number one attractor for people, you know, relationship-wise, is authentic confidence. And that's men with women, women with men, men with men with men, women with women, whatever. Authentic confidence is the number one attractor. You know, and what we're talking about today, which is really about practicing humility, which we're going to get to, and also with Wayne Dwyer, who I absolutely love, and how important this is, this also gels with, uh, well, previous episodes, but especially just last week, with, you know, that, that need to be right and also weatherproofing, you know, looking because the need to be right and the need for other people to be wrong or to look for the faults and cracks in, you know, chips on somebody else that, you know, whatever needs fixing, uh, this all goes together because, like we just said, people who are walking around feeling whole and complete, we're not talking about perfect. The P word is a bad one. We're going to make that, definitely lower that bar. We're just talking about um, people are feeling whole and complete most of the time, have not a desire in the world to have this need to be right, to find faults in other people, um, certainly not to uh, do harm to other people, for sure. We just don't have that need. In fact, I love the Sanskrit word ahimsa because this means to do no more harm. And when we're feeling in this place of whole and complete most of the time, we don't have a desire to do harm. We don't have a desire to have to be right. We don't have the, the, the desire to brag or to showcase our, our abilities. And it doesn't mean our abilities aren't true and real. Of course they are. Somebody's really good at something. It's just that when you believe that yourself, right? When we believe that ourselves, we have this inherent authentic knowledge of this and don't have a need to, you know, sort of go around gathering external approval. Like we pick strawberries in June. This is a good time to kind of reiterate one of our themes of, uh, you know, Minecraft, of course, the big one has become the boss of our brain, right? Be the boss of your brain. And another is to strive for progress and not perfection. So to be the boss of your brain, you know, is it like a Minecraft thing? I even have it on a button for my students. I think I mentioned that. The progress, not perfection, is actually uh, something I picked up uh, in the 12-step programs when I was kind of uh, hanging around Alcoholics Anonymous as a child with um, – one of my parents and absolutely loved the whole experience. I'm, I was just, Oh my gosh, what a great experience. And they have lots of good one liners to live by. And that is one of them progress, not perfection. So as far as this bragging thing we're talking about, if, if, you know, you feel like you're prone to bragging, remember it doesn't help to, you know, flip the switch on a, a, a feedback loop of toxic internal dialogue and to say, Oh gosh, I just realized in this podcast, I'm a bragger. And then to you know start to <clears throat> beat yourself up, and then all these feelings of shame surge, right? Being defective, I'm now defective because I'm a bragger. That's a, <clears throat> couldn't be a more you know that's a polar opposite of what we're trying to do here. 
remember that awareness is the first step to change. So if, if you're now becoming aware in this podcast that, wow, maybe I do, maybe I'm, maybe I've had a need to showcase my abilities a little more than I was aware of. Okay. Well then you say, good for you. Great. Yay. Pat yourself on the back and tell yourself silently, wow, this is something I want to work on and then feel good about that. And if you catch yourself and you are able to hold in that sneeze, even if it's just once and you catch yourself and say, wow, I, I know what I just did. it. I made a change. I made some progress. Even if you fall into it two hours later in a conversation, you were able to stave off a brag once and give yourself credit for that and be proud of yourself for that. Authentically proud of yourself for that. And so Rich says that most people love a person who doesn't need to brag. A person who shares from his or her heart and not from his or her ego, which is what we're talking about here, right? We've had a lot of discussion about the ego and in the contemporary way, not the, not the Freudian in ego, super ego way. We're talking about the ego is kind of that, I think of like those um, roadblocks, those big things they put in the road to block, to block you. The ego is a, is a block to authenticity. And it can also be like a trampoline to authenticity when we know how to use it properly. So it's a block when we're not aware of being ego-driven. We're just locked into that automatic pilot, looking for approval, needing to be right, ba 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 kudos, kudos, kudos. Once we're aware of it, though, it can be a springboard to um, you know, authentic, authentic well-being. So really the opposite of this, okay, steering away from the dysfunctional egoic thinking, which is what bragging is, into a place of authenticity, what we're talking about is humility. Another another sort of um, thing we've been talking about is whatever we practice, no matter what that is, positive or negative, because it's true, we're creatures of habit. Whatever we practice, we will we will inevitably get good at, and the same is true for humility. And I'll share with all of you. I'm not even looking at any kind of definition right here. I think we have a pretty good idea of what what humility is, um, and, and it's it's ironic because genuine humility that's such a positive thing to have discussion about, right? And then when we hear people in a conversation who have had something lacerated, lacerating said to them, they might say, oh, I was so humiliated. And that's, we, can all, we all know what that feels like. So it's kind of interesting that one thing is, is kind of lacerating and goes to our bone marrow, whereas the, it's, its opposite is, is so wonderfully liberating and healthy. You know, the, the universe per se, the creator of all things, because in my own personal beliefs, regardless of how that fits in, into religion, we are absolutely all connected and we're all a gift and we've all got divinity rolling right through us. So I'll share with you that, you know, authentic humility to me comes from a bigger place. You're the creator of all things. And again, it's not my job here. and You will not hear me preaching about anything because it is not my job. If you're Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, um, Taoist, uh, uh, spiritual in any way, or you're not, take take it and fit it in to whatever works for you. Just fit it into to a place of authenticity if this works for you. So for me, any gifts I have, you know, gifts I have have come from a bigger place. Um, in the 12-step programs, I'd say a higher power. So for me, my humility and, you know, feeling humble means that, you know, kind of, you know, any of my authentic gifts are kind of being channeled right through me from a bigger place. And Rich says that the way to develop genuine humility is to practice. He said it's nice because you will get immediate inner feedback in the way of calm, easy feelings. 
you know, I like how Rich says that, you know, that what we just talked about, the way to develop, good word, you know, we just use it every day. We don't always, often really, I think, sit with what develop means, like create, cultivate. It gives us that sense of agency where we have control. And you know what a fan of skills I am. And develop is a skill word, right? We can decide, make a conscious choice, regardless of how good we're at it. We may be terrible at it. But if we choose to develop, right, create, cultivate, this means we can grab, you know, grab the reins and make it happen. And of course, the practice part simply means being consistent. And when I'm saying consistent, it means consistent with the, and with while sort of remembering that we're human beings. So consistent means we might fall off the wagon, as they say. We might have a whole day of, of bragging or maybe a half day, whatever. We can turn it around. We kind of catch ourselves in that we can turn it around. So consistency just means most of the time, not all the time. That perfect word, that P word is horrible. Something to certainly delete out of our vocabulary. And if we could delete it out of the, you know, every language across the globe, I think we'd all be a whole lot better off because it's a bar we just can't reach. And even if we kind of touch it briefly with whatever it is we're talking about, all we did was check a box. And once we touch that bar and check that box, of perfect. There's also nowhere to go but down. I mean, think about that. Who wants to live like that? Not this kid, I'll tell you that. So, you know, Rich says the next time you have the opportunity to brag, resist the temptations. Remember, it's about effort, not striving to reach that that P bar, we'll call it, and just to just to practice the best you can. I remember as a kid, I forget which sport it is. I was in lots of sports. Um mostly skiing and, and baseball and whatever. But I, I heard somewhere along the line, never mind, like it was also said to my kids, there's a whole other generation of this ridiculous sentence. But instead of, you know, practicing to get where you want to go, this, some coaches would say, no, perfect practice makes perfect. And I say practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. That is so ridiculous. Think about that. It's like, you know, kind of oxymoronic in a sense, because first of all, Practice makes perfect is not good because we don't want to strive to be perfect. To make it even worse, if it's possible to amp that up, perfect practice making somebody perfect, that's worse because it's it's like along the way, even when you're practicing, it's not even okay to screw up on on the road there. That is just so ridiculous. And even more so that we're saying this to, you know, kids and they follow that. Here I am at 55, pulling that out of the vault from you know, like Little League or something. I don't even remember where I heard it, but I just remember that it's, it didn't make sense to me then and it doesn't now. And, you know, I'm also thinking about Aristotle right now because I am a big Aristotle fan. He had a lot of, obviously, a lot of very wise things to say and in a very paraphrased sense because I'm not looking at a book or anything. This is also coming from the vault because I just read voraciously and I love this guy, one of my favorite dead guys. The Greeks were obviously amazing thinkers. But Aristotle you know, sort of held this, held this belief or thought that, you know, if, if we practiced being honest, like right now we're practicing humility, which is also a virtue, right? If we practice virtues as we practice, you know, the violin or soccer or, you know, cooking, skiing, whatever it is, right? Whatever we practice, we inevitably get good at. So if we practice being more honest, more humble, more loyal, more whatever, well, lo and behold, we get more honest, humble, and loyal, you know, or fill in the blank with whatever. And sometimes people walk around, 
thinking like, oh, so-and-so at work or so-and-so my cousin or so-and-so my friend or partner or whoever, you know, kind of sat back and, you know, won, won the honest lot, the honesty lottery or the humility lottery. They just got, you know, the golden Wonka ticket or something. And that's just not how it works. Can somebody be more predisposed with their personality wiring genes? Yes. But again, the skill set thing, I love how we can just choose to become more honest, more humble, or more loyal. We can choose it. And this is what we're talking about here with humility and practicing humility and learning how to change up our dance, our own dance on our end is such a ticket to a more peaceful inner life. So Rich shares a story with us here. He's got lots of these. I usually don't read them, but this one is just so fitting that I really thought I should. He has a little tidbit with a former client of his, and he said he used this strategy with this client. And uh, he talks about this client was with a group of friends a few days after he had been promoted at work. His friends didn't know it yet, but Rich's client was chosen to be promoted instead of a friend of theirs. He was a little competitive with this friend and had the very strong temptation to sneak in the fact that he had been chosen and their other friend wasn't. He felt himself about ready to say something when a little voice inside him said, stop, don't do it. He went ahead and shared this with his friends, but didn't cross the line and turn the sharing into gloating. He never mentioned how their other friend didn't get promoted. And then he told Rich that he couldn't remember ever feeling so calm and proud of himself. He was able to enjoy his success without bragging. Later, when his friends did find out what happened, they let him know that they were extremely impressed with his good judgment and humility. He received more positive feedback and attention from practicing humility and not less. That is a really good story. So Wayne says, if you're in a state of loving appreciation in each of your present moments, you're letting go of the absurd idea that you're here to accumulate rewards and merit badges for your efforts. So, of course, here we are also tying in, you know, the mindfulness theme we pulled through this entire uh, podcast series, too, which is being in the present moment. When we're in and truly living in our present moment, we're also free from this urge to brag as well. As we can't be, you know, locked into that, that's about the past or potentially about the future. When we're in, we're in the present moment right now, is the only time we are truly living. And so Dr. Wayne Dwyer has lots to say about this too. And those of you who haven't you know, read or listened to him, he, he was, as he's since passed, an amazing, amazing man. He's written lots of books. He's got all kinds of YouTube stuff out there about changing your thoughts to change your life, which is what Minecraft, what we're trying to do here, right? Becoming the boss of your brain. So he also brings in the Tao to Ching, which is also cool. But here he is, he's talking about how um, the ego wants us to gather more and more rewards for our actions, right? This is this is the ego trying to pull in approval, which also gets us locked in to this bragging thing, which pulls us away from what we're really trying to strive for, which is authenticity. And Wayne goes on to say, you know, to, to suggest to us to seek the pleasure in what you're doing rather than in how it might ultimately benefit you. Begin to trust in that infinite wisdom that birthed you into this material world. And I have to tell you, I absolutely love this because Wayne goes on to say that, you know, the bragging thing, you know, which is the opposite of humility is also very connected to sort of this radical concept of enough is enough. Wayne then kind of paraphrases the Tao and he says, he says to, or Lao Tzu, he says to do your work 
and then step back. Practice humility rather than ostentation and uncontrolled consumption. And he kind of links this actually to the obesity crisis in the Western world, which is also cool, particularly in America. I love my country, but it's true. He says it's a direct result of not understanding and living the simple wisdom of of, uh, the Tao. He says, eat, but stop when you're full. To continue stuffing food into a satiated body is to be trapped in believing that more of something is the cause of your happiness. And Wayne goes on to say that this is true of overfilling ourselves with any artificial symbol of success, right? It fits. Think instead of the infinite wisdom of the Tao, which says to keep on filling is not as good as stopping. That's deep, right? That's deep. And it's so true. And it fits very well with what we're talking about with dysfunctional egoic thinking and this and this need to boast instead of, of, of humility. It's like it's filling us. It's filling us up just like we're saying, stuffing a body that's already full. You know, I'm thinking of, you know, Thanksgiving or something, or just every day. Just we keep eating, 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 even though we're done now. Well, it's not different than when we're bragging and trying to stuff ourselves with the external approval, smiles, nods, way to go, pat on the backs of other people. When we really, you know, um, can have ourselves in a more satiated, balanced place. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from Northern Vermont. Have a mindful day.